0: This is like a bonus episode, I guess. Cool. Or it's like the, the real episode for the week, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> sure.
1: But a bonus.
0: Adventure. Game.
1: what is up friends people listeners far and wide welcome to adventure guys episode 9 i am nick the human i'm eric the human and we are joined once again by the illustrious sean harvey sean
2: the human what's up
1: what's up so sean you were just on two episodes ago yeah and we had to invite you back Cool. And here's why. (laughs) Episode seven, as Eric said, I'm gonna quote you, you called it a watershed episode, and I think I would agree too.
0: Yeah. Monumental.
1: Monumental. Of the first ten, absolutely gonna be stand out, like top couple apps. Maybe the maybe the top app. Hey, let us know what you think on uh, did you see the mail at gmail.com what your favorite app's been so far. I would actually love that feedback. But anyway, we were super excited by episode seven riding high going into episode 8 we were like okay we're we're doing this thing and then um we had a mishap um first off the episode we recorded was pretty low energy um and secondly i forgot to record it
0: <laughs> Womp womp.
1: Yeah. yeah pretty classic so then we recorded a lightning round uh for episode 8 which everyone's heard you haven't heard it yet but we were like okay we need to recalibrate we need to get a bit of the magic back and we need to, you know, pick back up where we left off and we needed to have Sean back. A reset. Well, if I knew there was so much energy riding on this, I would have like, you know, drank a bunch of Yerba Mate or a monster and just like <laughs> gotten all jacked up beforehand. That's okay. It's it's Sunday night when we're recording this. I think that's, it's a good, let's carry that Sunday night vibe. It's a little sure. bit chiller. Sounds good. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... What have you been up to, Sean? <laughs> what have I been up to? Um,
2: I've taught a bunch of percussion lessons and played some drums at home. And I am—I uh, just started mixing the next Kraken Quartet record. So I've been working Hell on yeah.
0: that.
1: Hell yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sounding cool. Thanks.
2: Yeah, it's cool. And there's going to be a lot of new, uh, new sounds on the record that were not on any of our previous stuff. So it's going to be cool. Yeah.
0: It, is it like really difficult to mix all that percussion?
2: Every Kraken song yeah. is a new mixing journey. Um so imagine when you're like going to mix a record, you know, you like get your drum sound and then you like, all right, cool, here are my presets to like mix every other yeah. song. Just forget about that. It's like you have to start over from square one. A lot of times it's like we almost have to start over from square one for every song just depending yeah, on what we're be, looking for
0: that must be so much work i i i'm always daunted by that kind of concept of like a lot of percussion in in a sort of hi-fi studio recording setting mm-hmm. you know uh like all the snarky puppies videos where oh, they have yeah. all those extra percussionists and the the video editing and the uh audio editing has gotten so good like mm-hmm. in recent years but if you look at some of their stuff from like nine or ten years ago uh you can see shots in their music videos where there's a percussionist wailing on something that's totally absent in the mix oh yeah (laughs) totally
2: well i think that they're doing a lot better about that stuff right now and also on the inside i know for a fact like a lot of their well a lot of the content that's been coming out recently for like sput and nate worth who's the drummer and the percussionist uh is like a lot of stuff that's been actually filmed by percussionists like percussionists who took on videography as a trade. So, like... Na- hyper-specific. Well, yeah, <laughs> I know. It's crazy. But, like, uh, do go, like, look at Zildjian and Vic Firth's, like, YouTube presence, and they, they have all these crazy, incredible videos of, like, those guys playing. But so it's, like, now there's just, like, an attuned ear and sight for, like, those video editors are now
1: literally just, like, percussionists who are like,
2: oh, I can't put that shot there. He's not playing yeah. Shaker there.
1: Yeah, that's good. That stuff that Very stuff good. makes me so frustrated when you see performance videos and they're focusing on the wrong thing or somebody playing a different part of the song. Totally. It's like whoever edited this, edited this was not a musician. Yeah.
0: yeah like when I when I was watching the uh, I think what was the uh, the album? Ground Up. Oh, I was yeah. watching the videos for Ground Up. It was almost like peeling back the curtain a little bit, where I was like so interested in how they mixed an album like that and you know the audience is in there all in headphones it's such a such a difficult recording situation and uh you can sort of see like oh well actually they were making some decisions maybe not all of this is going to make the final mix yeah and totally. just, just that realization sort of helped me in my fledgling career as a studio engineer at that point
2: yeah for sure nothing's ever going to be perfect or like it's not all going to stick you know i feel like especially with Kraken and we're learning with this record and the the record we just did with a singer um like uh, we actually recorded some stuff that just like didn't really work
0: once the whole mix was there you know and now it's
2: like ah I might take this thing out might need to add that thing you know
0: yeah, yeah. i uh run into that with scob band's a lot there's so many instruments happening all at the same time Uh-huh. Maybe the guy standing seven people away from the other guy doesn't know what that guy's playing and their parts uh, don't necessarily rub the wrong way in a live performance. But when you get them in the box and you're listening back to the mix, like, oh, yeah, these two parts maybe shouldn't have been arranged that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's even just on the outside,
1: it's been really fun to watch Sean mix the Kraken record and see the process happening because there's been a lot of like, I'll, I'll ask Sean, like, he's like, here, check out this, um, and it'll be cool. And it's like, we start having like really great conversations about like where the space that each instrument is going to take up, which is a huge part of, yeah, of for mixing. Sure. But then thinking about like when you have instruments that are so close together and you know, like the, where they sit in the frequency. Uh, range and like Sean just Sean tweaking it and using panning and volume and all like everything at his disposal to get some like separation and have them clarity clarity there's the word Um, has been really cool I mean and like when we we're listening to records in the car like we'll talk about those things it's been it's been fun to be around yeah for but sure. it's definitely an odyssey it, it feels like I'm watching Sean wait out he's in as he's mixing like the first song like, waiting out in the water to go to sea. And it's like, you're <laughs> s- you're about to sail over the Atlantic. And if you make it, there's there's great riches. There's a whole new continent waiting for you. A whole new world you. over there. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> like that. You just got to get there. And it's going to take a lot of paddling. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm um, very cool to be a part of. That's a that's it's, a good metaphor for it. Thanks for that. Yeah. Well, you'll right make on. it. It's not your first journey. Yeah. <laughs> um, Eric, yeah. what have you been up to?
0: Uh, just trying to finish this, uh, final cover album from the Holophonics. Cool. It's really kicking my ass. Nice. Are we, are you allowed to say, are we allowed to know what's going to be on it?
1: Uh, no, I can't say it on air.
2: Ooh. I think you may
1: have said it on another episode actually, but let's, hey, let's, let some mystery live. (laughs) Everyone can hear. But the cool thing is, is, I mean, you know, cool, but like, this is your last covers project and you're about to be done with it that's cool your 16th covers album that's insane (laughs) really is really is yeah this is monumental hey a couple episodes back we talked about how you would reward yourself after like finishing tasks or projects do you have a reward set up for when you finish this final covers album
0: yeah well i i I mentioned i want to start a steven universe watch through again oh yeah Um, actually i haven't watched the whole series since uh, the season 6 epilogue season uh, finished airing. Um Sean, do you know about that show? I do not. Eric, want to give him
1: the quick elevator pitch?
2: Yeah, sell me. I'm a I'm a I'm a New York bigwig exec. You met me in an elevator. You've got 7 seconds. <laughs> What's the pitch? Well, if
0: you if, if you like Adventure Time 7 uh but six, want a greater focus six, on five a sci-fi storyline throughout three uh, a fully developed Two. show than Steven Universe one think. bing that was a <laughs> great timing
2: i like that all right cool i could get i could uh i could buy in on that you know you see i i like how you used something you know we all have in t- in common which is adventure time and then you built it out from there thank you for yeah,
0: that i I, there, I mean we've also talked about this on some other episodes, but uh there is direct lineage between Adventure Time and Steven Universe. That's awesome. Um Cool. And the creator of Steven Universe worked on a lot of Adventure Time episodes as a storyboard. Artist. Oh. And some
1: of the most beloved episodes
0: of the entire series. Yeah. Cool. Rebecca Sugar, which comes up quite a bit. Uh But uh if you guys are interested, I mean, I would invite you to start watching Steven Universe. And I, you know. We're doing an adventure time podcast, but mm-hmm. if you wanted to like leisurely watch through it at the same time that I'm watching through it, we Ooh. can talk about that a little bit. Don't tempt Sean
1: with a good binge. <laughs> I think do I we mentioned- know, can, should, do we have to talk about my binge habits on air i th- I think I talked about rage binge on the was that did I talk about that on the lost episode or on the episode that people are gonna hear? <laughs> They're so confused in my mind. Sean, we did an hour, and like I went on multiple long winded rants. And that about are, me binging, no, no, shows? no, what what about no film noir, one about Bill Callahan, and I may have talked about your rage binge, Eric Eric, okay, I, I recently rewatched
2: Avatar, the Last Airbender, and um ask me how many days it took me to watch that show?
0: How many days did it take you to I watch guess, Avatar? guess,
2: guess <laughs> uh four uh it was actually four good job yeah four,
1: four <laughs> days yeah so i mean this is something that <laughs> <But> lots, also <laughs> uh, it's something that lots of people I, probably probably do but is so basically is that sean enjoys tv but sean is also a man of responsibilities and a life to uphold and uh, you know maintain so he can't be watching hours of tv every day so what he does then is once he gets into the show <laughs> Is he then puts off those responsibilities, besides like the ones he has to do that day, and watches not just a couple hours of TV, but like ten hours of TV in a row so he can just bang it out and move on with his life and have seen the TV. Yeah.
2: I, I will say the the biggest version of this was breaking bad when breaking bad was on TV. Not, not The Wire
1: from the beginning of quarantine. When you watch like the whole second season in a day, I did watch the whole second season of The Wire in one day. But
2: I, I Nick, I have to maintain when Breaking Bad came on the air, and it was my first year of grad school at, at at UT, and everyone there who was in like the percussion studio that I was studying with, everyone was like talking about Breaking Bad. They want Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad. Well, I had, hadn't w- started watching it much, but I knew that there were like th- two episodes left in the whole show. Maybe like the series finale was like coming up really soon. Mm-hmm. Um and I watched the entirety of Breaking Bad. I think it was in five days around <laughs> going to class and stuff like that. So that just so I could watch the the finale with people.
0: It's well it's- that show in particular is really the like the tv equivalent of a page turner you know it really is you have to put on the next episode immediately you just really feel compelled to do that
1: yeah and i will say do you remember the do you remember the last season the fly episode uh i'm gonna close my ears because that was that was
2: Ah.
0: maybe my least favorite episode
2: well that was the one where i i fell asleep that was the one that made me stop turning the page and then i took a nap and then i watched to the end of
1: the show after that all right, hey Nick, hey, okay, we're back. Nick's back. I, I actually I do like this method though because like I have never watched Breaking Bad because I'm like this is going to just destroy my life for a month because I'm going to be so into this and I'm like I want to be writing songs and exploring synthesizers and <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and uh, and going for runs and I don't want to be like <laughs> stretch my life around TV so I guess but I still want to have seen it. I feel really left out. So I do like this this concept, Sean.
2: Yeah, for sure. It's good. I And I have to be really, really careful of it because, like, I have to, you know, have to have an idle mind to get any musical task done that I want to get, whether I'm writing a song or mixing something or whatever. <clears throat> so, like, if there is some show in the back of my head that I'm, like, half done with right now, I'm not going to be able to, like, mix that song. I'm not going to be able to mix <laughs> that
1: next Kraken song. So I was like, all right. i Put I, it all down. I, Wire I, season three. Let's go. I identify. I mean, I, I'm not one of those people who holds this like I brag about not having a TV. But when I moved to New York um, in like 2011, 2012, I did not have a TV for the first four years living there because work was so intense. And I was like, OK, I really want to get like some stuff done. I want to learn how to play music better. So I am not going. You're, what are you doing with that water bottle? I cannot concentrate on what I'm saying. I have a hydro flask that
2: is, <laughs> let's see, this is a 40 ounce hydro flask. I'm sitting here just drinking my water. Okay. I want, I want to have two, uh, two hydro flasks full of water a day. Apparently, that's offensive to Nick, though. Look
1: no, it just, I was hearing like crazy gulps. <laughs> <laughs> it distracted me. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, okay. We can stop talking about binging TV. Um, And maybe we can talk about uh TV. <laughs> Let's stop talking about binging TV. By the way,
2: I am currently in a controlled binge of this show. Yeah, Nick told me about that. Yeah, I'm starting on, I'm starting, I, I'm, yeah.
1: I'm in season one right now. I'm not, I Sean was like, watch it with me. And I was like, dude, I'm gonna have to watch this show for like the next five years of my life. So I'm not gonna binge it and just burn myself
0: on it. <laughs>
2: Well, I'll just I'll just binge it and then I'll uh, come back and watch it again. It's fine. Okay.
0: Cool. I remember on my first watch through seasons one and two, were a little bit of a hump to get over.
1: Oh yeah, we watched a lot of see. I've watched a lot of season one with Sean, and there's been some really great episodes. But it is such a different show. Yeah. Season two, though. Totally. I mean, season two, episode one. It came from the nightosphere, which we started with. Like, is that like when it really starts hitting on like what the
0: show is going to be? Yeah, I think that's when Rebecca Sugar joined. I don't think she was involved on the first season. Got it. You can feel it on that episode. Like, that is,
1: like, defines what the show's going to be. All right, let's, um, I've been trying to steer us towards discussing the episode. Can I, can I call it? Are you guys ready? Stop it, dude.
0: (laughs) All right. Discuss the episode. Yes. Thank you. Episode Discussion. Okay, so season five, episode 49, bad timing. This is a lumpy space princess
1: episode. Sean, we were... Oh, my glob. Yeah. This episode. Sean, we were not (laughs) excited. When we found out that it was a lumpy space princess episode in LSP, we were like, god damn it. like This is the world punishing us for just totally screwing up the eighth episode. Um, Yo, this episode was... Unprecedented
2: levels of bonkers. This was (laughs) so strange for me. I was flabbergasted that this is an adventure time episode. Yeah, you know, it
1: was better than I thought. Like this is like best
0: case scenario for an LSP episode. Like this is a great, great episode. So I I definitely forgot most of what had happened in this episode uh on this rewatch. I was like, oh, this is a time travel episode. And I love time travel. It is one of my favorite Devices for storytelling. I uh, love all sorts of time travel shows. Uh, I've said before, Futurama previously was my favorite cartoon before seeing Adventure Time. Nice. In the Universe. But time travel, I love time travel. You, you can grab my attention with time travel or aliens. A great new time travel movie. Did you see Palm
1: Springs? No. That's oh, uh, yeah. on Netflix? It's on Hulu.
0: It's with Hulu. Oh, okay. Andy Samberg. I don't, have, I don't have Hulu right now.
1: Oh, well, it's a great movie and it's a, it's a time travel movie and they use it in a new way. I was having a conversation with someone the other day about how they thought time travel was played out and they didn't like seeing stuff with time travel. I was like, no
0: man, people keep finding new and inventive ways to use time travel. And here's the, here's the great thing. Even if you don't find a new and inventive way, it's enough of a trope that we understand and it can be just the groundwork for another story like you can just have totally. any other kind of story existing in a time travel setting. You're right. And just time being displaced and and it just
2: it as a storytelling device for any like bunch of different ways where you can have all of the events of a story take place out of order, you know? It just like completely reinvents how a
1: viewer can like experience a story unfold. It can even even if it's not out of order, like and it's told in a linear way, like yeah. like this episode, um, I think what this is getting at, and a lot of other time travel things get at, is the value of experiences, even if they're not good experiences. <laughs> like you realize that the bad experiences have a ton of value when you take them away. Like you're losing something. You're losing a part of who you are, or, or life, or something like. And like it o- that always hits me whenever I watch some time travel stuff. You know? Yeah.
0: Well, this it it sets it up to be a time travel episode, and then they kind of don't do time travel. Yeah. <laughs> it, not until the end. And it is more about that moral, uh, about experiencing things, but yeah, there's not a whole lot of actual time travel.
2: Yeah, but also it, it's not you're right. You're right. However, time travel as a device is immediately set up where LSP is like Oh, take me back to before this terrible thing in my life happened, which I feel like is one of the the tropes around time travel. Like,
1: oh, if I could just go back,
2: you know, like as as a, yeah. a, a starting. Yeah. I mean, point.
1: this is real. Eternal Sunshine in my in my mind. This episode totally. because it's oh, using yeah. time travel and you know memory as a way to escape pain of a past romance. Yes, of course. Well, do we want to talk about it in, and sort of go through the plot very gingerly and
0: talk about our highlights? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so this, it opens with Princess Bubblegum. I I love Princess Bubblegum. She is great. She She's announcing her new science invention to her friends by giving a trumpet recital. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. And it's like jazz trumpet. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's yeah. great. Yeah. And she sounds good, too. <laughs> yeah.
0: She's so awesome. Uh,
2: she's great. <laughs> she uh, is a real Renaissance princess. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she she can do everything. Do it all.
1: Yeah, so but we uh so she does that. She introduces it. The friends there are supportive. There's no there's no anyone else from the scientific community or anyone really on her intellectual level there. Jake no. knows enough to kind of shit talk it and say that the Ice <laughs> King had done it better. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the, continuing continuing on, what I've come to see is a lineage of jake talking down things and like make nah, no man let's not do that whether it be like you know whether it be oh i don't want to get involved with this or let's not go on that adventure you know just lazy jake negative <laughs> jake you know
1: yeah and then yeah. who he, he he so he's doing that and then there who's the fish in this episode it's like a fish with legs and a bell on his head I don't yeah know.
0: I, I don't know who that is okay because i was
1: like i really like this character
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> it was great it was great for Jake to, to play off. I was like, damn, I want more of that guy. Who
0: who is he?
1: I don't know.
2: I, I have no idea.
1: I was looking on online, I didn't couldn't figure out who that was. Also, I noticed in that opening community of
2: people watching Princess Bubblegum's time travel reveal slash trumpet recital. There was like this weird <laughs> Vascular baby fish thing inside of an embryo orb? princess what
0: embryo princess
2: what is embryo prince okay i just <laughs> you just answered the question but okay I guess there's embryo princess that's yeah, well, tight
0: this is, this is it's sort of a gag in the show is that uh there's all these kingdoms lands individual municipalities that are run by princesses and uh, right. you know the head of every every establishment is a princess like even uh the library right the turtle princess runs the library i don't know why but so there's all these princesses and it, it, as the show goes on the, the kinds of princesses that are introduced just get more and more ridiculous like there's a breakfast princess who's made out of like bacon and french toast oh <laughs> is that
1: where the cinnamon rolls from
0: uh no he's a candy person ah uh, well what the hell yeah i don't know <laughs> But yeah, this embryo princess, uh, is not a speaking character in the whole series. I think she just shows up in a few random shots just to like be another random princess. <laughs> gotcha.
1: <laughs> and there was like a jar of of punch or
0: something, sort of punch, punch bowl. Yeah. Okay. I don't know punch about punch bowl. A, bowl. She, Good name. She's a character. Okay. Like she uh she comes back uh in a real important role in last season. <laughs> oh well, I'm looking forward to that. Same thing with uh, Manfred, the pinata.
2: Oh, oh, uh, dude, that pinata was so chill in this app.
1: I didn't really understand <laughs> what was happening in that. We're jumping ahead, but um, there's like an incident, and Manfred has taken care of it. And Princess Bubblegum is like, "Where's the um the banana security guys?" And Manfred's
0: like, "Don't worry, I took care of it." But where were the bananas? Dude, they're totally inept at their job. Okay. <laughs> they're they're the worst security guards ever. <laughs> bananas aren't even really candy, by the way.
2: <laughs> yeah, any any true child could tell you that
1: they must have been hired out. Totally, she should, she should just make. Is some... there a fruit kingdom
2: with a fruit princess?
0: Uh, not to my knowledge, not that we see. Okay, there is. Oh, there's a berry princess. There's a berry kingdom. Okay, well, bananas go well with berries. <laughs> so Nick puts
1: those. That combo in his smoothie every morning. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so so they, uh, the the recital showing off this time travel. It's not magic like the Ice King, It's is science. We Yeah, yeah. <coughs> They're sure to note that. And then L S P is like is L S P drunk on the roof or something? Like She's homeless. Oh, really?
0: Yeah, I think at this point in in the show, uh she ran away from home or her parents kicked her out or something. So she just like Lives in the woods or wherever she happens to wind up. <laughs> oh, wow. Interesting. And
1: she's mourning yeah. some sort of heartbreak at the beginning of the episode. Like her ex boyfriend, yeah. like, because she hears about this time travel contraption, busts through the window, and is like violently trying to get inside the, the time travel thing to oh my God. take her back. She's such a jerk. I know. She, she doesn't even bother to hear the instructions or how the thing works, even though. Princess Bubblegum like lays it out to her. There's like basically two things that need to happen. You need to get inside, it scans your molecules, then we can time travel. And LSP doesn't even want to hear that, which is going to lead to disastrous consequences later in the episode. But it's just such a jerk. And then when she's like beating up Princess Bubblegum taking out chunks of her hair and like, just oh, it's just so negative. I was yeah, glad that's really meme. That, I was glad that Princess Bubblegum stood up for herself and was like, "I will declare war." On all of Lumpy Space, unless you apologize.
2: <laughs> and even then, LSP could not give a real apology.
0: Yeah, and then Jake and it's I think the punch bowl are like egging her on <laughs> as she disses Princess Bubblegum. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I know, and then you get the the uh I'm sorry. <laughs> oh,
2: just forever this time.
1: Yeah. That was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um and then uh,
0: as much as I dislike LSP. She was really enjoyable in this episode. Uh, it was like fun to dislike her. It, it was. um,
1: It was. I have more thoughts on that, but I'm going to bring it up as we, as we go along. Then we go to Candy Tavern. I don't know if Candy Tavern's ever been shown before, but I really loved the idea of Candy Tavern. It really <laughs> delighted me. Um, I loved
2: that tree trunks was was doing karaoke in there. Oh
0: God! Okay, so this I loved that <laughs> too.
1: Sean and I were like, "Holy shit!" It's that goddamn elephant.
0: I was like, "What the hell is that elephant's deal?" Tree trunks might be the only character I dislike more what? than Ellis. Oh my God! Really? Than Ellis Yeah. Yeah, I cannot stand tree trunks. She makes me so uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> I know why. I like that, but she's well intentioned, right? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen enough tree trunks. We just watched the tree trunks episode from the first
0: season. Oh, I hate it. It's it's my least favorite episode. It really? Makes me so mad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but she's trying her best and it's just like an old almost
0: senile old lady, it seems like. Yeah, that episode is like what, like episode six or something? Yeah. yeah. And and I was like, at that point, Harold, you recommended I watch this show. Are you serious? What were you thinking? Like, <laughs> like I was mad at Harold. <laughs> oh, wow. I kind of like that episode because it's like
1: testing Finn in this new unprecedented way. I didn't think Finn would be tested, which is like patience for an old lady. <laughs> I will also
2: say, Eric, I heard you talk on a previous ep about how one show ending episode ending device is to just take conflict to like some absurd place that can never be solved and then it's just the episodes over and that that episode six i think had the most absurd ending i've yeah. ever seen and it yeah. was an absolutely astounding
1: sean and i like watched we had to rewind it and watch it twice and we keep talking about it because it was so incredible
0: <laughs> it made me so angry watching it for the first time i was like, because like the drama keeps building and i'm like looking at like i this episode's been off for like ten minutes. How are they going to get out of this? And then they didn't. And I was like, "What? What did I just watch? What is happening?" I loved what that. Is show? I loved
1: that ending.
2: <laughs> I, I, okay, well, but also I saw that ending for the first time in the context of hearing you guys. Uh, talk about that on the podcast and so I was like oh
1: well I guess this is just like a story tactic they use sometime all right and then all of a sudden that happened and I was like so here's what happens awesome. we're talking about it, bit everyone in this episode six um, they're taking tree trunks to take a bite out of this like mystical apple in the middle of the most evil forest and tree trunks is an old lady with a weak heart that if she gets too worked up or scared you know might actually die but they really want like before she, it's kind of like before she dies Finn and Jake ask her what she wants to do, what's her kind of like last thing she wants to do before she's like on the bucket list. She says this, so they take her, and she's just so old and inept and like naive that it keeps getting them into trouble. Anyway, after trials and tribulations, they get to the end and the apple is there and tree trunks takes a bite of the apple and then just disappears. But <laughs> it looks like she explodes. It's like pop. Like she pops like a balloon. <laughs> and everyone's face is like, what?
2: And then, and then it goes silent, like,
1: yeah. Yeah, silent. Everyone's faces are just... And then all of a sudden, you see inside the apple, Tree Trunks running around and laughing. And then the show ends. Yeah. I,
0: and now Tree Trunks yeah. is
1: back. I don't know how Tree Trunks gets out of the apple. And how is Tree Trunks well, back in the tavern now?
0: There's There's an episode, it might be later in season one or season two, where that actually gets resolved. Okay. Where <laughs> it's, oh, cool. it's like a two-parter spanning like fifty episodes or something. <laughs> by the time I got to that episode, I had a little bit of a better understanding of the show. I was like, "Oh, okay, so they are going somewhere with this." <laughs>
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, Tree Trunks is back, love, lover or hater, um, and <laughs> and uh, and then LSP is goes to the bar and is getting like a cucumber soda or something and uh next to her is this guy who's like hey uh i know you and she's like of course you do i'm lumpy space princess everyone knows me and it's just like Uh, get off your high horse yeah and then he goes no we went to school together i'm johnny oh ugly johnny and it's like (laughs) it's like there's no
2: way you could make any anyone could make any situation worse than you do every single time you open your mouth
1: and this guy johnny is just so nice and i guess and there, it was kind of confusing to me because I was like, she like within two sentences, Lumpy Space Princess has forgotten about this past heartache that was so intense and is now just throwing herself into this Johnny situation within moments. But it's kind of paying off, and it like it's helping Johnny. Johnny gets the confidence, is standing up. They go back to uh, his like Airbnb that he's subletting, and <laughs> um, and they have like a really like couple nice moments. And this is the first time I've ever. Liked lumpy space princess. Like we're actually seeing like the good side of her. Like not the heartbroken, anxiety part, but like now she's in the relationship and she's being sweet, genuinely
0: sweet to Johnny. Yeah, that's true. Sort of, sort of. She's like, I'm gonna send some good vibes, and then she doesn't give a shit about. Her. Well, 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 <laughs>
1: well. Wait, wait, wait. No. So before that, we have to talk about at night when they come in, and he goes. The chair, oh, I wrote it down. The ch- this chair, you see that chair? It used to be over there, and then I moved it over here. And then Lumpy Space Princess says, "Wow, Johnny, you
2: really made this place your own," <laughs> which is great. Oh, <laughs> records!
0: Oh, oh the records was. I love this gag. Yeah, the Frank Zappa
2: yeah. record. Yeah, and it's a Zappa, <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> Nick Nick pointed that out to me that yeah. it was a Zappa record.
0: Did you? Did I? So I tried to see what it said on the record. Uh, and it was partially obscured, but, oh, we haven't talked about this, the ring around this episode. Yeah. The void or whatever. It's like, okay, this entire episode, I felt really claustrophobic because we're viewing this through like a circular lens. It's not the full screen. And it just made me really antsy the entire time. And I, for whatever reason, maybe jokes Landed harder and I thought things were funnier just because I was like so out of my element and on edge watching this episode, like sort of half obscured, not being able to see anything.
2: No doubt there was claustrophobia. I felt that, Eric.
0: Yeah, I was so anxious watching this episode um, because of that filter on it. But uh, you, I couldn't make out everything that it said on the record. But uh, the first name of the artist was Spank. <laughs> So it's, I couldn't I couldn't see the last name, uh, but the name of the album was Ellipses. Oh, and
1: the real record is Apostrophe. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: cool. So it's like very, that's, yeah. That's wow. So they're detail, very aware
2: it. of Frank Zappa yeah. on that very deep level. Someone really well, Easter egged that in there.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you're acting like it's like. Oh, is that Frank's? Like it is Frank Zappa's face. No, I know it's Frank Zappa's face. I'm just saying, someone
2: being like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna literally put this album cover on there. Yeah, make it very clear.
0: Yeah, like, and in all likelihood, that could be a one thousand and thirty-year-old LP. Oh right. Ooh.
1: Yeah, that's true. At this point, (laughs) uh, yeah. And then they do the gag where she so she puts it on her face, head, and it's like the same size as her head, and yeah, it's, it's yeah, and then Johnny's like,
2: Oh man, it's like the record face is your face, and then Lumpy's face
1: is like, Oh, I know, and then they go to then they go to bed, and she's like, You have a big day, and he comes uh, out the next day and is like, Oh, she's gone, like the one that got away, and then she's at the, the kitchen table and goes, Oh, you're looking for me? Make me breakfast, and like slams her hands <laughs> up and down, and I was like, Almost, I'm like this is almost genuinely cute. I was like, I know, I can't believe I'm feeling that way about Lumpy Space Princess. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> this is genuinely cute. And then she's like, I'm gonna send you good vibes. And he, uh, the it was so adorable the way Johnny's going into the meeting, confident and is not scared because his my GF's at home sending me good vibes. I was like, this is so wholesome.
2: My GF <laughs> after they met 12
1: hours prior. Yeah.
2: Also, the meeting, quote he must have left the meeting and come back within 45 minutes.
1: Yeah. Very short timeline on this whole episode, if you ask me. It is. But, Eric, she did, so she sends him good vibes, then she watches a movie, which she doesn't enjoy, but then, but then she goes, oh my God, Johnny's meeting, like, she just, I don't know, I think she cared. I think she legitimately cared about the success of Johnny's meeting
2: okay yes however eric maybe this is what you're getting to too but as soon as he's like oh sorry it's a business meeting no no no
1: no. so then the meeting goes well and says i'm going to have dinner tonight with princess bubblegum yeah and and, um lsp assumes she's invited and goes no no no, i'm sorry it's a business dinner you can't come um and then this is what happens
2: well, then Lumpy Space Princess just goes off the rails and is like, oh, wow, okay, I'm like literally not in support of this at all <laughs> and just gets out, Just it gets really mad and, and leaves. And
1: leaves. And at that point, I was, again, really frustrated with LSP, And this might be one of the few instances where the 11, 12-minute episode doesn't do it justice because I feel like we didn't get enough time to live with Lumpy Space Princess in that cute, adorable, fun zone because then now she's back into terrible lumpy space princess again like we got like three minutes of good lumpy space princess and that simply was not enough for me to like really care about her or like be like you know what lumpy space princess is kind of all right and i feel like that was what was supposed to happen you know because then she goes and he goes to the dinner and she gives this whole soliloquy about how she gives her her heart fully and completely into these relationships because the payoff will be true love and it'll be so great. But she's placing her heart in the hands of these other people that are just going to break it. And she goes out and she goes, you know, I have to be a strong person and see the person I love in the hands of another woman, but I don't think I'm that strong. And then launches a Molotov cocktail. Yes! (laughs) And this is after she saw her Johnny say, I met the most wonderful purple girl at the candy tavern. Like he's in the dinner talking about her and she's just like not even paying attention and it's so infuriating. And then she launches the Molotov cocktail and then cuts the brakes on this bus and sends it going into princess Bubblegum's castle. And it's on a gas tanker. Oh yeah. Insane. (laughs) It should have caused a lot more damage. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but I'm just like, God damn it. I'm like, you suck. And, and then and then it just only goes downhill more and more from there. Sean, do you want to talk about the cyanide? Yeah, so.
0: <laughs> Yo, there, there was some
2: really okay, so violent princess, and
0: heavy shit here.
2: <laughs> princess
1: Bubblegum is literally just like, stay here. If things go wrong. Well, because after the, like, we got to give context. The explosion happens. She hears it and says that the castle and the kingdom must be under attack. I'm going to go find out what it is. If they break through the door, there's cyanide bubblegum under the table. And that that so dark. floored that floored me. And that's that floored me that the show went there. It is and also that if my enemies get inside, you're better off killing yourself than you are like putting up a fight. Like who are who would be attacking them? That that would be the best cause of action. I don't know. It was insane. And then also do we know
2: princess bubblegum to like have that temperament in terms of attacks yes. and enemies thus yes. far. We yes. do. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. It's totally in character. All right. <laughs> Cyanide is in the She's princess a true bubblegum princess.
1: princess. Like she is ready for battle and war when it comes as we've seen in, in our journey. And then lumpy space princess comes in underneath the table he's like wait what are you doing here and she goes i have to go back in time when you were still in love with you not even asking johnny what's going on how do you love me not even having a conversation just throws the thing on dis- and johnny's like what yeah throws this the time travel thing on disintegrates johnny and throws him into a void because she incorrectly oh, incorrectly <laughs> used the time travel machine and he goes into the void in two pieces yeah.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. And he goes it's into so the void. Disturbing. So then
1: he's sent into the void, which is, as Eric was describing, is the perimeter um in which we are seeing this episode because right as we discussed, the episode a- action is being shown in this little circle. And around the circle, there's like um these kind of watercolor y, trippy animations happening, um, where there's like a lot of simple drawn characters, and that is where Johnny goes. And then LSP uses the uh the time travel thing to go back to the bar, except now the bar is desolate and nobody's there, and she yeah. can't well, find she, she Johnny. She just goes back to the bar. Yeah, I don't think she, she knows how time to oh, travel time. time travel yeah. machine. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So but, this 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 whole episode with the this fuzzy like frame around uh, the main story, I think the first time I saw it, I was under the impression that oh maybe this is being set up to like we're looking through the machine into the past and we're seeing something that already happened and they're going to try and change it. And then they get to that point where she disintegrates Johnny into the void and it's like, oh no, wait, this was all happening in real time, actually? And she just disintegrated this person and he's gone now and there's no taking it back? What's happening? Yeah. And then... The cruelest joke of all
1: is now Johnny is out there, but it's clear that he can see what's happening in the middle of the screen. And he turns yeah. his attention to seeing LSP, his GF, and Princess Bubblegum talking. And, and then he's clearly really sad about it. He's, cl- he's sad about it. He can't be with them. And then he has to watch LSP erase the, the memory of him and the relationship from her mind because it's too painful. So now he doesn't even have that... To hold on to his love has erased him, and that's like that's pretty heavy. Very eternal sunshine, like you said. Yeah, that's the most and, eternal sunshine.
0: And Princess Bubblegum has no recourse. Like there's there's nothing to offer. LSP It's like, yeah, I guess this sucks. Yeah, you did Sorry you, about it. You didn't and use then she this. She pours cor- herself a drink. You didn't use this correctly.
1: You used it incorrectly, <laughs> and these are the consequences of your actions. And then she, but here and here's another thing that happens is that. LSP goes, take me back before I knew him. So she, uh, Princess Bubblegum grants her that wish, takes her back to where she really was at the beginning of the episode before she met Johnny. And she is immediately in the exact same emotional state, mourning a lost love, and yells at Princess Bubblegum using the same language she used earlier. Thus showing, okay, she never, she you need these experiences to grow as a person, otherwise you'll just repeat them. That's one thing. But also, it's like, she was mourning one lost love and then she goes back in time and then is mourning a lost love. So it's sort of like, you know, if we were to go back to the way we we're like, don't be, don't paint the past in these, with this rose colored glasses or whatever, like that the past was like, you were probably hurting back then too. You've just forgotten about it. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of entering that where it's like, you know, the past isn't as great as you might be painting it out to be. Um, And you might be better off present even with this pain.
0: Yep. No character development for LSP.
1: No, not at all. And, Um, (laughs) and and, and, And now this brings me to a point I wanted to talk about, which Eric and I had said, Sean, which was, does anybody like LSP? And is LSP anybody's favorite character? And again, if LSP is your favorite character, I would love to hear from you please email us at did you see the mail at gmail.com or on Instagram at Adventure Guys Podcast. Because th- this episode really, like at the end of the episode, Sean and I looked at each other and just said, she sucks. Dude, <laughs> she totally sucks. Like she's not a redeemable character. And I, I went online in search of kind of what if there was any critical consensus on this episode and to, to see like, okay, the people who are writing TV reviews like, do they like lumpy space princess like as a character and i found some really high praise for the episode like really great um reviews i think the use of the 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 outside like the void the circle and then everything happening outside of it people were like that is really cool and really like that um and i found that the av club gave it an a and were really fond of it and um i think the new yorker said this too and they were kind of like they gave lumpy space princess like pathos and like, or pathos, I think it's pathos. And like a reason that she acts the way she does. And she is so passionate and we get to see both sides of that passion, the destructive, but also the good parts. They're like, this is why lumpy space princess is such an enjoyable character and a wonderful character in the show. I know. uh. I was like, you are fishing way too hard on this episode. Like, I I do not agree. I'm like, look, it's a good it's a great episode. Looked awesome. These themes really did hit and hit us hard. But let's stop at saying that she's a wonderful character,
0: you know. Yeah, I I feel bad hating on LSP so much cuz it is Pendleton Ward's character. Like, I know. <laughs> it's it's the only one that he voices, but what comes to mind Archer, right? The creator, uh Adam Reed. Yeah. He voices uh Ray, is that the character's name on Archer? Do you watch the show? Yeah, but I haven't seen it in a while. Which one's Ray? Oh, he's, yeah, yeah, He's the, the blonde gay guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he winds up being like the butt of a lot of jokes and kind of the punching bag. Uh-huh. Well, I guess they all are in that show. But he's he's like the, the creator of the show doing a character that doesn't get a lot of wins. Yeah. And I, I wonder if that's like some sort of self-sacrificing move that show creators like to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: hmm, yeah Yeah. that's interesting <sighs> yeah i noticed something about the void i don't know if if we want to talk about it. you know how there were all those characters in there like around the void as it was happening the simple drawn characters the little blobs the triangles the square whatever i don't know if any of us noticed um and maybe maybe i'm thinking too far i'm like literally kind of been putting this back together in my head of like who are these characters Who are these weird little squares and triangles and stuff like that? And I don't know if any of you noticed that the... Kind of, they were doing activities and events that in some way seemed kind of symbolic of what was going on in the episode as it was happening. So, like, as Lumpy Space Princess and Johnny were just, like, living, like, normal... They were, like, at the bar, kind of trying to, like, get to know each other more. There were triangles in the bottom right-hand corner that were fishing. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, they seemed like they, you know, like... Fishing, like maybe you're like getting to know each other more. Yeah. And then the very next day, when it was time for Johnny to go to the meeting and Lumpy Space Princess was there trying to pump him up, there was the diamond guy who was lifting weights, like he was trying to be strong. And then at the end, when everything was going wrong, there were like two triangles or squares in the bottom right hand corner again, like literally just shooting arrows at each other, trying to shoot each other with arrows, like at the most, like. Problematic moment.
0: Great observation. Yeah, Yeah, it was hard to focus on all the things that were happening in that void. But it was a lot. Yeah, yeah. It was like it was sort of like sensory overload while being deprived of senses, having a narrower vision of the actual storyline. It it was so weird. I was all over the place, like trying to focus on different things here. That's uh, true. Um, Those those were, I think, the characters in the void were. People from Princess Bubblegum's experiments with the time machine. Oh, yeah, I read that online too.
2: Okay, okay, okay.
0: So, <laughs> which makes sense that that you know we see Johnny in there at the end, mm-hmm. and I, I guess we're supposed to be believe that they can f- live happy lives in this void, and yeah. we don't have to feel bad for Johnny. <laughs> yeah, because you see them, we see
1: some characters in love out there, and like generally enjoying themselves. So. Those
2: two little characters from the very beginning that we see her in the episode, like in the middle of the screen, do the time travel experiment on. Do we see them in the void later on?
0: I don't think those two pop up. Okay. Yeah, which was I interesting in the beginning. Unsuccessful experiment. To,
1: to to show to demonstrate the time travel, there's two molecules, and Princess Bubblegum performs like explains how the time travel is going to work, and the two molecules, they're there. One dr- like chugs a bottle of something, spits it out, and then goes and kisses the other molecule. And I was like, what is this symbolizing? <laughs> I'd have to go see if they were I'd have to go see if that
2: was like um you know, what the shape under a microscope of like those different molecules are. But like I wonder if they it was supposed to be like H2O, like oh. hydrogen and oxygen. Because then there was like a storm cloud over them. And then the rain happened and they started kissing each oh, other. Oh,
1: great, great oh. point. Maybe it's it like water mo- molecules being formed.
0: That is smart. That could be cool. I hope Maybe, it's right. I don't know.
1: Yeah, And I do want to just <laughs> jump back for one quick second onto the LSP discussion in this uh, AV Club review. Um, and here's the quote that I found, which was, just before LSP sends her new boyfriend out of time, she delivers a touching monologue that illustrates why she's such a great character on this show. Heartbroken after seeing Johnny at a business dinner with Princess Bubblegum, LSP desperately needs to vocalize her feelings. And it goes on to describe what happens. Now, I guess what's interesting is when you think about what makes a good character is not necessarily liking a character. Like, a character that frustrates you could be a good character. You know what I right. mean? Yeah. And so I guess through that lens, I can understand how the person who's reviewing this, like, what they're saying. Um,
0: I, I feel that way about, we haven't done an episode yet with him, but Magic Man is an intensely unlikable <laughs> character on the show, but I think he's a great one.
1: Yeah. I don't know if I, and that sounds good, I, I guess I just don't know if at the end of the day I agree with this writer. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, I was
2: just going to say, the whole like, multi-dimensionality of the episode with the void and everything makes it a completely rewatchable episode. Except for the fact that it centers LSP, <laughs> literally. If anyone else was in this sh- in this episode in the center, I'd be so much more inclined to go back and give this like several
1: watches. Yeah, and I'll tell you what: as we were watching it, I was there was so much to look at. It was like a lot of overstimulation, overstimulation, even for Adventure Guys or Adventure Time. Um, but I was trying to look in the void for the snail. <laughs> yeah, I thought to the look there also. <laughs> oh man. Well, I gotta ask Yeah, Eric and Sean, did did you see it?
0: John, did you see the snail? Yes I did.
1: Oh really?
0: <laughs> yeah I did.
1: Whoa. I, I, whoa. <laughs> Where? Okay, so... Well, well, let's ask everyone else. Yeah. Nick, did you see the snail? No, I did not. Eric, <laughs> did you see the snail? Yes, I did. Ooh. <gasps> Wait, let's see, because in my... Oh, <laughs> shit. That, my oh, no. The wager. <laughs> what oh, wager? Oh, there's a wager. There's a bet. Oh,
2: no. Okay. Well, well here, I, I want to see if... Because for me, I was like, I caught it for a split second. And I think it was only on the screen for a split second. So I want to see Eric, where did you yeah, see the us Yeah, let's make snail? sure
0: that you guys saw at the same point. Okay, so this actually uh, opened a lot of a lot of possibilities for, for where the Yes, oh, can be. of a little bit of a little bit it and I was. And it didn't even occur to me that the snail might have a different color palette a on the lighting. Yeah. But yeah, the yeah, uh, the was yeah uh, the a balcony as... a LSP is coming down beer. from spying on Prince in the, That's in the beginning of the episode?
2: No. Right before LSP is gonna throw the Molotov cocktail oh. and like wreak havoc. She's like sitting on a balcony and as she's jumping off the balcony, they do a cut to her jumping off the balcony for like half a second and the snail's there.
1: Wow. It was so I'm, quick. Yeah. I can't believe you guys saw it. Because at that point I was really looking, especially the the second viewing I was I was looking. And I guess at that point the emotional Everything's been heightened so far, and my my mind was focused on other things. But Eric's point is so true, where I was like, whoa, like, holy hell, is that it?
2: It's just in shadow. It's just dark. It's just the silhouette of the snail.
0: Yeah. Well, Nick, uh, how do you want to do this? Oh, boy. <laughs> well, do I present the song next week? Well, it should, <laughs> it should technically be for this episode.
1: Oh, so now... Now the song would play. So Sean, the, the wager that was made in episode eight, the lightning round, was whoever sees the snail next, the whoever doesn't see it. Like if one of us sees the snail and the other one doesn't, the person who didn't see it has to write the other person a song, like a congratulations song. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. So now, so, so does Sean get a congratulations song? I don't. I'm a guest. I don't have to get involved with this. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe I'll see if I can work it in creatively. <laughs> Oh no, so that means I have to do this really quickly (laughs) Oh boy (laughs) Alright, well I'll give it my go Um, Here's the song Well you beat me You goose At what we all agreed to do And until next time A pact is made You'll both be the Champions, you're number one. Yeah, both of you, yeah, can shine, that's right. There's two of you, but still you're both somehow one. Relation, yeah, both of you. You're number one, that's right. There's two of you, but you're both somehow one. One. Yeah, one. You're both two people, but you're both number one.
0: Well, that was a that was sure an episode of did you see the snail yep thank you so much for the song nick i appreciate it a lot oh boy all right is it time for uh miscellanea
1: mania oh does this segment have a theme song should it are we gonna go sean let's get your feedback on this is that we needed a real title for the uh trivia factoids making of episodes portion of the episode like the segment miscellaneous mania yeah that was eric's idea that's good do you have any ideas what do you think of miscellaneous mania uh
2: yay nay feels good yay okay. very hard
0: hard yes all right approve all right well uh i guess play that miscellaneous mania theme song
1: <laughs> do there's things you may not know Eric and Nick will show you all the trivia in
0: Miscellanea,
1: High Def version coming soon. Lots of new songs in this app. Um, <laughs> well, I guess one thing to talk about, which we sh- I need to read. I've been holding off on reading up about this. Obviously, a big part of the Adventure Time lore is Pendleton Ward's involvement and his stepping away from the role of show creator and almost maybe sort of quitting the show happened during the fifth season.
0: His role is showrunner. The showrunner, yeah. Which is, it's sort of, I'm not even really sure if that's like a defined job. I think it's like different show to show. Like every show has a showrunner, but I think the job responsibilities on change differ so and you
1: can and you can do them differently and i'm sure like being a showrunner on an animated show is a different task from being a showrunner on um you know like a live action show of any sorts but at the end of the day on your shoulders rests the show getting done and like almost producing that's the whole thing right is like i will make sure this show gets completed yeah and if anyone at any of the respective departments has questions they come to you and i think he's talked about as the show's getting more popular um you know there's the gaming and the merchandising and the brand that has to be maintained which he is at the helm of and season five they make a shitload of episodes
2: (laughs) yeah um so i wanted to ask about that for a second holy hell there's Fifty one episodes, fifty two episodes in this season.
0: That's insane. I think that used to be standard for eleven minute cartoons. Whoa! Because uh, when you think about like your typical half hour network shows, they usually get like 22, 23 episodes. Yeah. Um. So oh, double so like that. Would
2: they air two at a time? Sometimes. Okay. To fill a half hour block.
1: Yeah, and I guess that's like that's like pretty standard. Like when you think about Nickelodeon. Uh, yeah that's right like Cartoon Network I mean I guess I don't know these days I haven't been watching it but back in the day Nickelodeon would always do 30 minute blocks and you'd get two eleven 11 minute, minute guys yeah. yeah and then on yeah. Cartoon Network they started just airing you know 11 minute blocks which is kind of cool um, but it's a lot it's a lot of episodes I guess at this point I read online that when this episode came out it was, 49, it was only the second episode that had Pendleton Ward attached as like a like a writer storyboard artist I believe. Huh. The second episode that season. Um and yeah, I mean I'm I'm interested to to read to read more about that. Um we've got so long to go in this podcast that quite honestly like I have been really pacing myself with how much of this stuff I devour like as uh, Sean as you know like I love lore and like making ofs and behind the scenes. So I've been kind of saving that a little bit uh till we get a little deeper into the show because I feel like that could be We've we've even talked about that, Eric, about doing an episode about like how episodes of Adventure Time are made. Um and like maybe diving maybe doing an episode on the book and things of that nature.
0: Yeah, as soon as as soon as I get either this contract I'm working on finished and get paid, or I get that second stimulus check fingers <laughs> crossed. Fingers crossed <laughs> I will buy the Adventure Time Art of Ooh book. And hopefully that gives me some insight that we can go off. of.
1: Well, when you do it, maybe I'll get it at the same time and we can like, it'd be good to be on the same page.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. Was there anything, any trivia you guys wanted to? Uh,
0: I saw that uh, a great deal of it was censored in other countries. Oh, of again. Yeah. Well, a Molotov cocktail. Oh, I-, I saw that. I was like, no way this makes it through.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sean, this <laughs> is the thing
0: is that in different countries are censoring portions of the episode really of the episodes wow yeah i guess cartoon network latin america also censored out a lot of the risque sort of quasi romantic talk from lsp like which oh, so like she which parts so
2: she's like oh ugly johnny and he's like he's 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 like yeah i wish you didn't call me that and she's like well i can't say that now and then she has him like s- sit up straight and then literally the whole circle of the ep is just only Lumpy Space Princess' face, and she's like, "Yeah, definitely can't say that now." And it's like super drawn out and like clearly like she's like, "Yo, you're hot. I'm I'm hitting on you right now." Uh
0: huh. Yeah, there were there were some lines of that conversation that were cut out, um, and like the weird. Uh, When they're back at his place, and he's saying that she's gonna sleep on the couch, they took that out. Oh,
1: interesting! (laughs) Because I found that like like nice and respectful. That was like the most
0: wholesome
2: part of it. Yeah, I was was like, like, (laughs) oh well, we're we're not gonna create any question about what the nighttime situation is here. Like she's on the couch.
1: Yeah, and 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 they were both like on the same page about that. I found it very respectful and nice. What did she
2: didn't she say something though? Like when she was going back to his place, was like. Oh, you're, Where are you staying? Oh, that's awesome! Like, you better hurry
1: up and take me there.
2: Oh yeah, you better yeah. hurry up and take me there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, that, so that probably that got cut out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> must have been cut out. Also, I wanted to say, um, Johnny lives in like a rundown part of the Candy Kingdom. Well, he's renting this place. He's renting a place in a rundown part of the Candy Kingdom. Like, they, like when Lumpy Space Princess leaves the apartment to walk away. Um, and then we see Nick's favorite random ass character there, just being like, "Who are you talking to?" You you get like a wide shot of like the neighborhood Johnny is staying in, and it's like busted windows, dilapidated housing. It's like this is a part of Princess Bubblegum's kingdom. Yeah, it's like that's interesting. All right, well,
1: this is a side of Adventure Time I've never seen. Yeah. Um, well, Eric, that's cool. That's some good trivia. I like hearing about what's uh, censored and what's not. I think about that sometimes as I grow older is that like when you're a kid or even like in my, you know, teen years, you kind of know where the line is. You know what I mean? Like there is a line. It's very firmly communicated to you. And now as an adult, like I was thinking about that the other day about uh, someone was talking about on a TV show about like what curse words they could say, they could say and couldn't say. And it's just like, oh, yeah, like you're not supposed to say the F word like all the time. Like that offends people (laughs) because in my day to day, it's just like, say whatever you want.
0: Yeah. Uh, some possible insight into that situation. Um, I listened to the, uh, when it was airing the official Cartoon Network, Steven Universe podcast. Oh, cool. And they had Rebecca Sugar on a lot. Uh, and she talked about this basically years long battle that she had with Cartoon Network um, and there's there's a really iconic episode in season five of Steven Universe, which is basically a lesbian wedding. Oh. And I mean, the characters are not human women. They're alien, non-binary femme people. But it's you know, it's it's presented as an Earth regular human wedding with two women. And she wanted to do that episode super early in the show. Uh, and there was so much pushback from Cartoon Network on it. And she said it was like this crazy, long, drawn-out thing to get this episode in. It, it, it wound up being one of the last episodes of the of the series run. And the reason huh. that Cartoon Network gave her was it would be fine in America because America has TV ratings that are graded a little bit more specifically. Like there's TVG, then TVPG, or or TV Y7 or however it goes then TV 14 but in a lot of the other international uh countries where where they air uh Steven Universe was a TV G show. Right. And um, um
1: and displaying a non-heteronormative wedding would require uh <laughs> a raise. Right. And
0: that's that's the fucked up thing about it. And yeah. she's like, "Oh, so reading. you can't show weddings?" Like, uh- in yeah. these countries you can't show weddings on kids shows It's like oh well you can show weddings but not anything controversial like how is this controversial you know yeah it's, i i forget what year that episode finally aired like 2018 maybe do we but know like, if
2: it got on the air in other countries
0: <clears throat> uh i'm pretty sure it did okay but i think sh- i think she wanted it to be on the air in like 2012 or 2013 or something like that and that was just too early yeah so i mean
1: hey then even america has come such a long way
0: in those years you know yeah i mean you know i guess we didn't even have full legalization of same-sex marriage here until 2015 but you you'd think that in other countries like they were way ahead of us on that particular issue depends i guess on the country yeah yeah
1: but that that is fucked up i mean you also have to wonder about what cartoon network would think about it now because now that adventure time has wrapped when you go online the the romance between Marceline and Princess Bubblegum seems to be like one of the fan favorite like if not the thing that the fans love the most about the show like we um we've gotten on Instagram and I've just started to like kind of like see what the fan community is talking about a little bit more closely and like diving deep and there's that is like in sorts of fan art and appreciation posts that is what you find on Instagram when you type in like Adventure Time fan art or whatever, or Adventure Time memes, like it's all centered around that. So, I, which is cool, which is great. And I guess it would hopefully show Cartoon Network, like, hey,
0: like, lean into this, like, show these. Yeah. I I think they have been uh, more recently. I mean, Adventure Time has a very strong queer fan base uh, because there's a lot of queer subtext. Steven Universe is, it's not even subtext, it's much more prominent. Right. In the main right. story, but it's not—it's not presented as queer or yeah. anything. It's
1: just—it's just—it's just a story, and these are the genders of the people in the story. That's what they happen to yeah. be.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, thus there is a huge queer audience for it, mm-hmm. rightly so. Um, but yeah, I think it's moving in that direction, um, and some almost universal acclaim. I, I think it yeah. finds its fan base and people that aren't into that. Uh, They just don't. They're just not watching it. And you got to believe
1: if you're watching these shows, I guess I guess you could be a kid and you have a conservative parent and the parents like, what the hell is this TV show? But I feel like by and large, if you're watching Adventure Time or Steven Universe, like I would think that you're kind of on board with these. Although, what the hell am I saying? Like, I've been on the Internet. I I know that's not true. (laughs)
0: Yeah. But, uh, you know, also these two shows that we're talking about in particular. Have a huge millennial fan base, yeah. I think I yeah. think that's part of the reason why uh, Adventure Time went on for ten seasons because they had the ratings from the millennial demographic. Yeah, to last that long. Yeah, not totally. just
1: it's not a Gen Z exclusive show or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, very cool. Great. Cool, hey, cool. this is a great segment of most of, uh, Mania. I said
0: it right.
2: Miscellanea
0: <laughs> Mania. <laughs> nice. Cool. Well, uh, then let's pick the Episode we're gonna watch for next week. What are we gonna watch next week? What are we gonna watch? It's the episode okay, uh, so episode 32, which is season two, episode six Slow Love. Ooh, we're going back.
1: What's Slow Love about, Eric?
0: I don't know. Let's find out.
1: I want, uh, it's been so cool because we keep getting new. We're exploring new characters in every episode that we do. I wonder if we're gonna keep it going.
0: Oh, I remember this episode. It's kind of funny. <laughs> you want to explain it a little bit? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what? No, I don't want to explain it a little bit. <laughs> oh okay. Okay, I brought I brought it up a little bit.
1: Well, it seems like a a lot of Jake in this episode.
0: Yeah. It's a Finn and Jake episode. They're helping out Uh, just another character that they come across.
1: All right. Well, I'm in the mood for a Finn and Jake episode.
0: We're going to have a fun time with it.
1: Okay, great. I'm excited. Um, Cool. Well, this is cool. Uh, Sean, thanks for joining us. Yeah, this has been fun. I'm glad we got two Eps in a week in again.
0: Yeah. That's- this was nice. something of a nice. deluxe-sized episode. I think we went pretty long today. That's awesome. Cool. Make up for, for last week's lightning round.
2: Yeah. Or earlier this yeah, week. Yeah, I heard that lightning round song. It's a good song. The, the 80s power metal version? It's the Bill and Ted version. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Wild Stallions version. Wild Stallions.
0: Have you seen... Did you watch the new Bill and Ted? No, not yet. I didn't either. I've heard... I want to rewatch one and two before I...
1: Oh, yeah. Oh. I've seen one and two like quite a few times. Um, like I, those movies I know. I'm excited to watch the third. I've heard some mixed things from friends, but like I'm going to watch it.
2: Nice. Eric, I got to ask you a question. So um, I uh, Nick and I have been listening to records a lot while we like cook food and whatever, oh, yeah. whatever. And um, have you ever heard of the Congos? It's like a... I don't think It's so. like a Lee Scratch Perry band who like he's like the 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 reggae producer that just like absolutely pumped out records in the 70s yeah and there it's just like this one record that like at the time it was like clearly he just like had to get another record out for his label and like very very quickly put out this record of a band that just like put this one thing out and then like at the time supposedly no one really talked about this record at all but like over the last like fifteen years, people have like discovered this like awesome record. Uh, it's called the Heart of the Congos. Yeah, it is, and it's reggae. It's
1: reggae. Yeah,
2: but it's like a huh. it's like dub. It's super. It's dubbed out. The pr- but the, the production is pretty.
1: It's dubbed, but not necessarily in like the, the cliche sort of you know King Tubby sort of dub. It's a little bit different. Um, I don't know uh, I guess like it's in my mind, some of the dub cliches are not present in there, but there yeah. is like a ton of reverb and delay and things.
2: There's a ton of reverb. the drums are produced in this really crazy like dark way where it's like the highs are unbelievably rolled off, but then there's just like effects that are like really bright over the top of it and everything it's ridiculous and the the band centers around like, There's like a high wispy singer who's like singing in falsetto the whole time. But it's like the Congo's is like four or five singers who sing everything in like five part harmony, like reggae songs in five part harmony.
1: Yeah. And uh, yeah. And then Lee Scratch Perry mixed it along with the scientists. um, Oh, okay. And it is great. I mean, like I think for Sean, I have it in my record collection like that. I don't know if you have these where it's like cornerstone records in your collection where like if you had to pare your cl- record collection down to like twenty records, I don't you don't collect records, right? Uh, no. But, but <laughs> say you did. If I had to pare it down to thirty, like twenty or thirty records, like this is one that stays in there because it's such like like it's probably my favorite reggae record of all time at this point, just based off of sheer listens and in how happy it makes me when I put it on.
2: Yeah, that's a good one. Would you if, say? Yeah, if if that entered my record collection, it would stay forever. Yeah.
0: Oh cool. well, I'll check it out. I've actually I've been getting more into dub stuff recently. I'm thinking about doing a chip tune dub record. Oh, <laughs> yes. <Whoa. laughs> I would
1: love to collaborate.
0: It's just like all like triangle wave bass lines.
2: Yeah, <laughs> the the, the high hat sound potentials are are numerous.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that sounds really fun. Well, hey, maybe this record will like spawn a couple ideas for that. Um, yeah, the Chiptune stuff, all the stuff you've been making for the podcast. I keep saying it, but it's it's really great. I can't. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it's good. Nice, cool.
0: Well, this was a good app.
1: Yeah, good app. Great app.
0: All right, peace out, y'all. All right, bye. bye. bye.